So, as I'm sure you're all aware, Christmas is only a week and a day away. Uh, it's um, rapidly drawing close, and, and this thing, week I was I was thinking back, um, thinking back to, to times when I was a child. Um, and remembering some of the kind of Christmas things which stand out to me, the memories which stand out to me from, from when I was a child. And there are some specific times with family, specific presents that I got as a child, which I, I still remember, as I'm sure that, that you guys have some too, and, and specific traditions that, that we did every year. But, you know, one of the things um, in the days before Netflix that I kind of associated with Christmas is that Christmas was the time when all of the big films would come on TV for the first time. Uh, and so one of our Christmas traditions was that um, we'd come around to Christmas time and, uh, and we would buy a TV Times. It's the only time of year. We'd never do it at any other point in the year. But it came to Christmas, and we'd buy a TV Times. There was no, no such things as these kind of uh, being able to look and see whatever's on every channel through, uh, through a click of a button in those days. So the, the TV Times was it. And so one of the traditions was at the beginning of the Christmas holidays, my sister and I would sit down with the TV Times, and we would excitedly flick through, and we would circle every film that we wanted to watch. And we would star every film that we wanted to record um, uh, uh, through that kind of holiday period. And it was exciting because Christmas was the time when all the blockbusters would hit TV. It was also the time when you'd get to re-watch those kind of Christmas classics, and you knew that they would be on again. You know, things like Miracle on 34th Street, or It's a Wonderful Life, or more recently, Home Alone. And one of the kind of modern day Christmas classics which is going to pop up here for you, I think has become so popular, is Elf. Who's seen Elf? I'm sure there must be more than that. Oh dear, you're missing out. If you've not seen Elf, I encourage you to, to get hold of it. So it's a great, fun story. You know, Elf is the story um, of, of an orphan baby boy who one Christmas, um, he crawls into Santa's big sack of presents. Um, and ends up being taken to the North Pole. He's adopted by an elf, and he grows up believing that he is an elf, despite the struggles of fitting in being six foot five. (laughs) Finally, after years of wondering, why don't I fit? He's told that he was adopted, and that his real father, his, his biological father, lives in New York City. And so Buddy the Elf, he, he starts his journey, he travels through the, the seven levels of the candy cane forest, and past the sea of, of swirly twirly gumdrops, through the Lincoln Tunnel, and finally makes his way to New York City to find his dad. His dad works in an office in the Empire State Building, and let's watch what happens when Buddy gets there. Looks like a Christmas tree. A reprint. You know how much that's going to cost? Two old pages are missing. The story doesn't make any sense. What, you think some kid's going to notice two pages? I mean, they, all they do is look at pictures. 
Sorry I can't ride with you the rest of the way up, but this is where my dad works. Well, have a good time. Oh, I forgot to give you a hug. Oh, I don't know, Connie. I've never declawed kittens before. How many? Eight? I don't know if I'm going to have time. Well, all right. Just bring them by the camper this weekend. I'll see what I can do. I'm not going to charge you. Just bring them by and I'll see what I can do. Excuse me. I'm here to see a Walter Hobbs. I'm Buddy the Elf. <laughs> you look hilarious. Who sent you? Papa Elf. Papa Elf? Mm-hmm. From the North Pole. From the North Pole? Yes. So you really think we should ship him? No. I think we should take a $30,000 bath so some kid can understand what happened to a puppy and a friggin' pigeon. Ship him. Yeah. Mr. Hobbs? It's me on the intercom. Go ahead. Yeah, I think someone sent you a Christmas gram. Dad! All right, uh, let's get it over with. I walked all day and night to find you. Uh, you look like you came from the North Pole. That's exactly where I came from. Santa must have called you. Oh, yeah, sure. He uh, just got off the cell phone with me. He did? So, go on. Go on with what? Well, I, are you going to sing a song or something, or can I just go back to work? A song? Uh, Yeah. Anything for you, Dad. Um, I'm I'm here with my dad, and we never met, and he wants me to sing him a song. (laughs) And um, I was adopted, but you didn't know I was born. So I'm here now. I found you, Daddy. And guess what? I love you. I love you. I love you. Wow. That was weird. You know, usually guys just, uh, you know, put my name in the jingle bells or something. It's me, your son. Susan Wells had me, and, and she didn't tell you, and, 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 but now I'm here. It's me, buddy. Susan Wells. You said Susan Wells? Yes. Who sent this Christmas gram? What's a Christmas gram? I want one. I think we should call security. Good idea. I like to whisper, too. It's okay, Walter's my father. Well, your dad's busy right now. Okay, I'll come back later. Yeah, you know, you're not going to come back for a while, okay? You're going to go back to Santa Land. Okay. Yeah, why don't you go back to Gimbals? Poor Buddy. So he's traveled from the North Pole and is doing everything he can to reach out to his dad and to have a relationship with him. And he's pushed away and he's rejected. The amazing thing is that that Buddy doesn't give up. And, And what follows, if you watch the rest of the film, is he spends that film doing all sorts of different crazy things to try and win his dad's love and affection. And yet, as crazy and as silly as the story of of Buddy the Elf is, it's actually a lot like God's story that we celebrate at Christmas. It's a story of someone leaving their home, where they have everything, and entering into a messy world where they have nothing. All because they want to draw close to and be reconciled to someone that they love. That's what Buddy the Elf does, and that's what God does too. 
Now, in order for us to have relationship with him, to be reconciled to him, Jesus leaves behind heaven. He comes down to earth. He draws close to us. He becomes human like us. He lives a perfect, sinless life. He does everything that he can in this life to to teach us and to show us what relationship with God looks like and how we can have a relationship with him. And then he dies in our place. He pays the price for our sins so that we can be forgiven. And so that relationship is made possible. He reaches out to us because he wants relationship with us. And just as with Buddy the Elf, no matter how many times we might push him away, no matter how many times we might reject him, he keeps on reaching out to us. He keeps on reaching out to you and doing everything that he possibly can to have a relationship with you. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why we gather together and we sing carols with such amazing lines as we find in, you know, Heart the Herald, angels sing, where we sing, peace on earth and mercy, mild God and sinner reconciled. God and sinner reconciled because of Christmas. Because of Jesus reaching out to you. Drawing close to you, becoming human and doing everything that he could so that you and God could have a relationship. That's the amazing good news of Christmas. And this is what Paul is writing about when he says this in Colossians 1 verses 19 to 22. He writes, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. That is that that somehow God crammed himself into a human body. The fullness of God not only contained in a human body, but, but... Fully human, limited by it. Limited by human frailty. The fullness of God experiencing the weakness of humanity. And God was pleased to do this in order to reconcile to himself all things. Whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God. And maybe some of you can relate to that. Maybe you feel distant from God today. It's not maybe that you've quit believing in him, but you just feel like there's this heavy curtain, this separation between you and him at the minute. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish, and free from accusation. That's a wonderful promise, isn't it? Now, this is one of the amazing things about following Jesus, because we know that because of Jesus and all that he has done, all of our sins, all of our mistakes are forgiven. And there is something incredibly comforting about knowing that when I mess up, When you mess up, as we all do, when we stumble, when we catch ourselves with a selfish, bad attitude, when we give in to temptation yet again, when we lose our temper and find ourselves snapping 
or whatever it is, we can come to Jesus knowing that his promise is that as we look to him, we are not only forgiven, but we are presented to God as holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. And it's this amazing truth that I rely on in every moment. You know, I know that I mess up, and I know that I make mistakes. I know I fall short of of God's standard. And so in every moment, I am utterly reliant on this promise. It's the promise of God that, that means that I can, I can come to him in prayer with confidence, knowing that he'll listen to me. It's this promise that means that I know that, that everything that could get in the way of my relationship with him has been dealt with. It's an amazing promise. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I said that Christmas is a time to gaze at the sun. And this is why. Because we are totally reliant on Jesus. And all that he has done in every moment of our lives. Every single moment. And so I want to encourage you to seize this, this Christmas as a time, as, a, as, as an opportunity. An opportunity to gaze at Jesus. To gaze at the sun in the same way that we might gaze at a sunrise. So as we look at it, it imprints itself on us. And we find as we close our eyes and as we walk away, we carry the spots of that sun there. We carry it with us. To gaze at Jesus in that same way. To gaze at the sun in that way. So the truth of who he is, how incredible his love is. The amazing truth that he reached out to us and continually does that day after day after day would imprint itself on us in a new way. And we would carry it with us. Not only for Christmas, but for the rest of our lives. And that it would stir our hearts in worship. And so God is inviting us this Christmas to slow down and to make time to gaze at the sun and to be impacted by him in a fresh way. But you know, I think as we do that, we'll also discover something new. We will discover that Christmas is not only a time to gaze at the sun, not only a time to receive the love of God and to celebrate that we have been reconciled to God. But actually, Christmas is a time when God is inviting us to more than that. He's inviting us to reflect the sun. As we gaze at Jesus and we're impacted by who he is and what he has done, And we respond to him. An incredible thing happens. And the work of Jesus in our lives begins to impact on the relationships we have with other people. As we're impacted by the heart of God, we begin to reflect the heart of God. And that makes a radical difference in our relationships. And here's the thing. When we come to Christmas... And we celebrate everything that God has done in order that we can be at peace with him and have relationship with him. We're also coming into a time when there so often seems to be this unspoken pressure to be cheerful. And to see family and friends and for it all to be perfect. There's this expectation that we should be in this perpetual good mood. 
And, and because of this focus on relationships with family and friends and this pressure for everything to be perfect, Christmas has a way of bringing to the surface all of the stuff that we spend the rest of the year being able to forget. Pretending isn't there. Brings to the surface the awkwardness and the pain and the hurt and the broken relationships. And we're faced with either spending an hour or two or a day or two pretending. Pretending that everything is fine and that whatever happened actually never really did happen. And just putting a smile on our face and being polite to each other. Or we're faced with the pain of broken relationships yet again in a time when we look around and everyone around us seems to be celebrating just how good they've got it. And you see, humanly, naturally, we're not like Buddy the Elf. We're not like God in his great story. We make a grand gesture like Buddy does with his dad, and if the response we get is to be rejected and thrown out of the office, if we reach out to people that we love, and in the process we get hurt and we feel rejected and pushed away, We're not like Buddy. And we're not like God in that we don't just keep on reaching out. When we are hurt by people, and when we feel rejected or let down by people, our natural response, our human response is to pull away. To protect ourselves from being hurt again. And in a sense, as we do that, we come to just accept a brokenness and a distance in that relationship. And you know, if that's what's, you know, if that's what's happened in a relationship with someone that you know, because when you hear their name spoken, or when you see their photo come up on your Facebook feed, or when with Christmas you realize you're going to have to see them or talk to them, Something in your heart sinks. Maybe you struggle to think about them in a a positive way. Maybe you're quick to jump on their faults and their mistakes and you find it really difficult to see any of their good points. Maybe you grit your teeth and you do what you know is right, but something inside of you jars every time you have to do it. And I've been there. Been there even in the last couple of weeks. You see, as much as we celebrate and we rejoice in the fact that God and sinner are reconciled, that God has reached out to us and done everything so that we can be at peace in our relationship with Him. When it comes to some of our other relationships, the idea of reconciliation is uncomfortable, it's not intuitive. It doesn't come naturally. Deep down, we kind of know that when things are out of sorts between us and someone else, it's not good and that we we should do something about it, but somehow we never get round to it. Maybe we don't want to. Maybe we're scared to. Maybe we simply don't know how to. 
Maybe you've run the scenarios over in your head a hundred times and you've had this imaginary conversation with a person and you imagine what you'll say and what they'll say and, and then they'll apologise and it's great, isn't it? In the imagination, it's always them that do the apologising. And then, then you hug and you laugh and you cry and, and everything's great again. But when it comes to it in reality, there are so many emotions involved that it's almost like there's so much emotion that, that as you go to, to pick up the phone or, or as you go to enter into the room, there's so much emotion that there's, there's this wall there that you just can't seem to push through. And you turn around and go away again. And what makes it worse is when you look at the other person, they just seem fine. It doesn't look like it's bothering them, so why on earth should you let it bother you? And anyway, bringing it up might just make things worse. It might all just blow up in your face. And then Christmas comes around and we sing and we celebrate how God and sinner are reconciled. And yet this idea of sinner and sinner, of person of person, of us and them, that's an awful lot more difficult. We have all these reasons that come to our minds as to why we we shouldn't send that card, why we shouldn't pick up the phone, why we shouldn't have that awkward conversation. And yet, do you know, if you're a follower of Jesus, then you know really that God had a whole list of reasons why he shouldn't have ever bothered reaching out to you too. I know I gave God a whole list of reasons. I know that I have had plenty of times when I've taken God for granted. When I've set out and chosen to do things that I knew would grieve him. When I've rebelled against God and pushed him away simply because I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And yet, what did we read in Colossians 1? While we were enemies of God. While our relationship was broken and we were making no efforts to turn to him. God reconciled to himself all things by making peace Through what? Through a a nicely worded email. Through an upward phone call or a conversation. Through a gesture of a surprise Christmas present. It cost him a lot more than that, didn't it? It cost him so much more than a letter or a card or the cost of fuel and time to travel. He made peace through his blood shed on the cross. And yet when it comes to the idea of sinner and sinner reconciliation, when it comes to the idea of us and them reconciliation, it often feels like the cost is just too great. The risk is too big. It's too awkward to talk about it. And so instead we just try and ignore it and we either try and have a a merry little Christmas and just pretend everything's okay. Or we simply accept and resign ourselves to the fact that it's a, a broken relationship and we leave them out of Christmas altogether. And here's the thing. If you mistreat someone I love, if you have a broken relationship and an angst with someone that I love, it impacts your relationship with me. If you talk badly about my children, about Evan or Simon or Annabelle, and then you come to talk to me and think everything's just going to be great, you're going to be in for a shock. 
if there's a brokenness and a hostility in the relationship you have with, with Rosie, my wife, then it doesn't matter who's in the right or the wrong or who's caused it. Inevitably, it's going to have an impact on your relationship with me. And it's the same with God. It's like if God came up to you and, and, and he said, hey, is everything okay between you and me? And you'd be like, yeah, I mean, everything's good on, on my side. I mean, you're, you're God, is, is everything good for you? But if God came along and said, hey, are you okay with, with her? Or are you okay with him? That's a harder question to answer, isn't it? And we can sometimes end up with this kind of idea that it doesn't matter about our relationships horizontally. It doesn't matter about our relationships with other people so long as I'm good vertically. So long as it's all good between me and God. And God would respond, do you not get it? Have you not paid attention to my son Jesus and what he taught and what he showed you? Because throughout Jesus' ministry, Jesus would say over and over in different ways, you can't be right this way if you're happy with it all being wrong this way. You can't fully embrace and appreciate the reconciliation God has made available to you if you are unreconciled with your brothers and sisters. Essentially what God would want to say to you is, because I love them like I love you, if you're out of sorts with them, it's going to impact your relationship with me. And in some way you're going to be out of sorts with me too. Now in Matthew 5 verses 23 to 24, Jesus says, if you you travel to the temple to make a sacrifice for sin so that you can make things right with your your heavenly Father so that you can be, be right vertically in your relationship with God. And when you get there, you remember that you are, you are out of sorts with someone else, that your horizontal relationships aren't right. Then leave your gift at the altar and go and reconcile yourself with your brother or sister first. And in a few moments, we're we're, going to share communion together. And I want to give an opportunity and encourage you to do just that, even if it's with someone who's not here. And all you can do is make a commitment in your heart right now. You see, this Christmas, God is inviting you to stop and to take time and to gaze at the sun. To allow what Jesus has done to imprint on you. And to stir your heart in worship. To receive his love in a new way. But his invitation comes with a purpose that is bigger than you. As he invites you this Christmas, not only to gaze at the sun, but to reflect the sun. To receive God's love and forgiveness, not only for your own sake, but so that we will be changed by it. And reflect it and give it away to others. You weren't made to be a lake that just kind of stores up God's love as he pours it in. You were made to be a river that allows God's love to flow through you. You were made to reflect the heart of God through how you handle your own relationships. And if you've ever had trust that's been damaged or you've been hurt in a relationship, 
then you understand that this isn't something which is just twee and nice and easy. It can be hard. And it can take a long time to restore a broken relationship. If you've been betrayed, you know how hard it is to look at that person and to look them in the eye and to desire God's best for them. It can be terrifying to take that step of reaching out to someone and making yourself vulnerable. You know, our natural go-to is self-preservation, it's self-protection. And so as we look to protect ourselves and avoid being hurt yet again, it isn't natural to be vulnerable, it isn't natural to, to reach out. It's natural just to simply accept there's a brokenness in that relationship. And yet as we celebrate Christmas, as we gaze at the sun, and we're celebrating how how God refused to accept a broken relationship with us, how because of his love he reached out to us and he came down to earth and he became vulnerable. He became a vulnerable little baby. He experienced pain and loss and rejection. He died on the cross and rose again and sent his spirit. He did everything he possibly could so that we could be reconciled to him and have a relationship with him. So that we could be free from accusation without blemish and presented as holy in his sight. Now that's what we celebrate and it's amazing, but the challenge is that you now have an opportunity To do for someone else what your Heavenly Father has done for you. For Christmas to be a time when you reflect the Son. To reach out to someone in your family. To reach out to someone who you used to count as a friend. To make yourself vulnerable and to to write a letter or send a card or pick up the phone. Or maybe simply walk across this room and give them a hug. And you might well be thinking... What I'd probably be thinking in your shoes and certainly what I've thought at different times when I've faced this. They don't care. They won't appreciate it. They won't reciprocate it. It won't make any difference. And you know what? As hard as it is and as sad as it is, you might well be right. And that's why I love how honest the Bible is when it talks about this kind of thing. Paul writes this in Romans 12 verse 18. He says, if it is possible, it might not be possible. But if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, and and I know it doesn't all depend on you, I know it's not all in your hands. I know you can't fix it alone. But if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. Reflecting the sun and being a peacemaker is being someone who does everything they can to live in harmony with others and build bridges with others. We do our best, but it might not always be possible.
And as much as we might reach out to people, we can't fix that relationship on our own. You may do all that you can, but still not be able to make peace. And that's hard. Still not be able to be reconciled, and that's tough. But you know what? That's so often the case with God too. He sent Jesus and he's reaching out by his spirit to every person on this planet today. He's done and ongoingly doing everything he possibly can to be reconciled to each person. He's knocking on the door of every heart. But how many of us know that when God was reaching out to us for years... We didn't care. And we ignored him and we pushed him away. There was a brokenness in our relationship with God and as far as it depended on him, he was doing all that he could to be at peace with us. And he didn't stop just because we rejected him and we wouldn't receive it. And so it may be that there are people that you reach out to who won't care who won't appreciate what you do, who maybe even won't receive what it is that you want to give. And that's hard and it hurts. But as we reach out, we reflect the son who we celebrate reaching out to us this Christmas. And so this Christmas, I want to encourage you to to gaze at the sun, to fall in love with Jesus again, and to allow what he has done for you to imprint itself on your heart. But I also want to challenge you to reflect the sun, to allow his love not only to flow into you, but through you, and to shape the way that you relate to others. To ask him to pour into you his spirit and his love and his power to enable you to reflect him this Christmas. You know, as we come to communion, I want to encourage you to come and to gaze at the sun and to celebrate. To receive afresh from him his love for you and his forgiveness as he reaches out to you today. To know that you are no longer alienated or distant from God. That you can draw close to him. Because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, you can come and you can approach the Father and you're presented before God as one who is holy and without blemish and free from accusation. It's amazing, isn't it? If you're here today and you've never made the decision to, to trust in Jesus, or you have but you've drifted away from him, Let me encourage you today that Jesus is reaching out to you. Don't push him away again. He's just waiting for you to respond to him. Seize the opportunity that's available today to put your trust in him and receive the greatest gift available this Christmas. If that's a decision that you want to make today, then let me encourage you, come talk to me or one of the prayer ministry team or even to the person who invited you along today. We'd love to to pray with you. So let's first and foremost, let's take time to gaze at the sun. To celebrate all that Jesus has done for us. But let me challenge you, before you come, 
and take communion. As Jesus talked about with the guys going to the altar at the temple, before you come and take communion and celebrate that, everything is good for you in this vertical relationship with God. Take a few minutes and ask God to bring to mind anyone that you need to be reconciled with horizontally in your relationships. Who do you know where deep down, if you're honest, there's a brokenness in your relationship with them? Are there family members or people you know who when you think about them, your heart sinks? And before you come to communion, then let me encourage you. As you gaze at the sun, as you rejoice in what it is that he has done for you, to move on and then ask God to help you to reflect the sun. Be honest with him, it's hard. Be honest with him, your heart hurts and you don't know how you're going to do it. Be honest with him that you're scared. Be honest with him that you can't do it on your own, that humanly, that naturally left to yourself, it doesn't happen. This isn't about mustering something up in our own strength. It's about coming to Jesus and receiving from him his heart for us and receiving from him his heart for the people that you know, even those who you've got a broken relationship with. And as you gaze at the sun and you rejoice in how God has forgiven you, make that choice then to forgive them. Maybe you've forgiven them in the past, but forgiveness can be a process. It can take time. We have to ongoingly choose to forgive. And once you've done that, ask God how to show you how you can reach out to them this Christmas. Maybe even today. Whether it's a hug or a card or a phone call or a gift. And there's no guarantee that it will be received. There's no guarantee that it will make any difference or that it will fix things. But as you do that, you reflect the sun. And you can stand before God and you can say, God, as far as it depends on me, I have done all that I can to live at peace with everyone. And while that might not fix your relationship with that person, do you know what I can promise you? I can promise you that as you do that, something will happen in you. Something will happen in your heart. It will impact you. And it will have an impact on your relationship with God. God's heart will be so moved and touched as your heart reflects his. So we're going to come into communion and I want to just encourage you to take time over this. This isn't something to rush. Take time to gaze at Jesus because you know what? If you try and do this without gazing at Jesus first, it's not going to work. Take time to gaze at Jesus. Receive from him. Allow him to fill you afresh with his spirit. Be impacted afresh with his love for you. Be impacted and thank him again for his forgiveness and the fact that he's reached out to you. Take time to gaze at Jesus and allow him to work in your heart. And then I just want to encourage you to have the courage 
to ask God to show you those where there's brokenness in your relationships and to help you and to strengthen you and to give you his heart for those people and to make that choice to forgive. And for some people, that might be the only thing you need to do. It's just a matter of making that choice to forgive and being at peace with them in your own heart. It might be that you need to do nothing else. But then just give God the opportunity to say, God, is there something more that I can do to reflect you and to reach out to that person? Nothing you need to muster. Nothing you need to force yourself to do. This isn't about you coming up with things or feeling guilty. This is about giving God the opportunity to stir your heart and to show you how you can best reflect him this Christmas.